Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast episode, what are we on, 44? 44. 44, all right. I'm here with Brian, my co-host. This is Lucas. How's it going, Brian? It's going well. How are you going? Good. So we're going to be talking about testosterone today, but first, Brian, what's going on? I'm just like in the uh, the holiday detox situation right now. And I'm not yeah. talking about just the foods and all that stuff. Just the emotional strain that the whole process takes on us is ridiculous. And I <laughs> like every year, you know, it's coming. Uh, you know, it's coming. The stress of it. I overextend myself all the time um, and trying to please everyone with gifts and all this other stuff. And yeah, um, the expectations. And I've kid um and multiple nieces and nephews and all that so it's just a lot and i think that the focus on the season has gotten off point i Mm. i I think that the whole reason for the season has become commercialized to a point where people don't even recognize the reason they're doing it anymore you know and uh, the stress that it creates in everyone and the months and months, if not years, of trying to get out of debt from these crazy holidays where we're buying gifts, and oh my gosh, and especially for significant others, it, it's it just it doesn't make sense to me anymore. I think there needs to be a revaluation of the entire shindig. Um, I do like the lights. I think that's nice. I don't I don't feel pressure from the nabes to to have a better display than anyone else, but. I just am so worn out by the whole process, and it seems like it's two months long, and it's too much. Yeah. I was talking to this lady who did did an interesting gift for her kids. This was like when they were, I don't know, 12, 13. Mm -hmm. She would get them a gift card, and they would go shopping at a mall together and make a day of it. That's nice. That was their thing. But on Christmas, you'd open like a gift card. So the whole thing wasn't about gifts. It was like... No, this is this is the Christmas family time. Right. And then when it actually got to, you know, a day of gift buying, it was a day it was like a everything was together, you know. Right. I, I liked that. I do like that. I I've, I've got to say having a teenage daughter, the materialism. I mean, hats off to people that's got <laughs> they're like, "I have three teenage daughters." The materialism is just so <laughs> rampant, and it's just so ridiculous, and it's just a free-for-all. And it's like this, if you love me, I get this, and I have got divorce situation on it, too. Mm. So it's just all these different parts. And psychologically, it's such a mind fuck. I'm going to actually use the F right, word I'll on that. To, because I'll have to tag this as explicit now. <laughs> do you? Yep. Just bleep it. I could. I could get a bleep sound and do it. I'll I'll get you a bleep sound for for uh for uh for next Christmas. All right, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I I'm glad that we're talking about testosterone today because I feel like I can up the quantity a little bit here. Yeah, we're going to talk about testosterone replacement therapy in particular. Okay. And so I think uh, you know before we start, I want to say some people are probably going to feel like tuning out of this episode because testosterone is a men thing. But I think after we get through some of the basics here in the beginning it's going to be relevant to everyone. Yeah. So hopefully you find it as interesting as we do. Yes. So anyway, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, it's a relatively new treatment that many doctors are offering now for mostly middle-aged men. 
Uh, and the treatment involves injecting yourself with testosterone one to three times a week under the direction of the doctor. And in, in addition to testosterone, the patient will also usually get a, a luteinizing hormone analog like HCG, mm. which you might have heard of from, from weight loss. You've probably heard about HCG in the health store. So they get that. And then lastly, you know, they'll do a blood test and the doctor may prescribe a drug called an aromatase inhibitor. Um, so let's just real quick summarize those. Can I just ask though, the test, the test coming into these situations, is it human testosterone or bovine so it's like or what is it? Testosterone, propionate, there, there's different kinds. Okay. There, there are different kinds that okay. they use. Yeah. I was just, sorry. I'm like, what are they injecting into themselves? Not, it doesn't come from a pig, you know, they, they synthesize it okay. in a lab. Okay. But uh, it's it's different kinds, and, and each one has a little bit different effects and, that, and all that stuff. So we're not going to go into that too much. No, no, no. That's fine. I just always <laughs> I always wonder when people are taking testosterone, where it's been sourced, because I know that we sell actual glandular. So I just... Yeah, it's, it's like... So I take insulin, but nothing is like a direct insulin... Uh, it's not like a, what would you call it? Like a human equivalent, you know, it's not what your body produces. It's right. altered slightly for delivery through fat and stuff like that. Okay. And so it's similar in All some right. ways. So the testosterone itself, you know, it's obviously there to raise the levels of, of low testosterone in men. And they usually have blood tests showing low testosterone. And low testosterone, there's it's associated with all kinds of, you know, poor symptoms that, that we'll go into later. The luteinizing hormone analog, usually HCG, like I said, is used because when you take exogenous testosterone, it shuts down production of luteinizing hormone, which comes from your pituitary. And it's basically what tells your the guy's, you know, testicles to make testosterone. Right. But it's not just testosterone. So LH will also stimulate production of DHEA and pregnenolone. And so many guys who get TRT, they feel bad and they find that getting... Uh, the LH analog makes them relax and handle the TRT much better. Okay. Also, you know, when the testicles stop producing testosterone, it makes them shrink, and it could also lead to infertility. So that guys, explains so much. Yeah, guys generally don't like that. <laughs> um, so HCG, it's often added to the TRT mix. And for your reference, you know, at 200 milligrams injected testosterone per week, a guy will get about two-thirds to three-fourths suppressed uh, meaning the other stuff that I was saying gets suppressed down. Okay. And then at 100 milligrams per week, a guy will get about 50% suppressed. Okay. So the last part of the therapy is the aromatase inhibitor. It's added to the treatment when blood tests show estrogen becoming too high. Testosterone converts into estrogen in your body, and depending on how much fat you have and other factors kind of influences that. Yes. So for some guys, you know, getting injections of testosterone increase their estrogen too much, and an aromatase inhibitor prevents this conversion of testosterone into estrogen and lowers their estrogen levels. Of course levels. it does. So glad that it, all makes sense all for you, Brian. It perfect sense. It makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> so in addition to these drugs, the patient is also going to need regular blood tests to see how their different levels are responding, uh, which includes iron and other hormone markers, just to make sure you know, you're not getting too out of whack. So all in all, it's a pretty extensive therapy. It has a lot of different moving parts, self-injections, lots of blood tests, and and no small amount of expense as well. It's usually pretty pricey. It can be into the thousands of dollars per month range. Okay. And what's the end game? The end game is just to raise your testosterone up. So you have low testosterone. It's in like the 200s or 300s or whatever, and you want to bring it back up to a 700, 800 or, or whatnot. For what though? For like sexual... That's Congress one of the or, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. So this treatment, it was basically unheard of until the early 2000s. And since then, it has grown rather quickly in usage. So 
I saw one stat that said in America in 2002, it was uh, 0.5% usage. And by 2013, it had risen to 3.2% usage. So it's kind of like a 600% growth in 10 years. Yeah. So for a new treatment, that's that's pretty rapid growth. And And the reason we're seeing this is because there's this global phenomenon going on right now, which is the slow drop of male testosterone rates every single year. It has to be in hormones in the food, in the water. It has to be. It, yeah. It ha- well, there's a lot of different explanations for it. Yeah. It's called uh, <laughs> population control. <laughs> well, multiple <laughs> studies in different countries around the world have all shown T levels in men. So it's a global phenomenon. And those figures that are dropping are at about 1% on average per year. Now, oh God. 1% doesn't sound like a lot. But every single year, it kind of, it adds up. Right. So you know how, you've, you've probably had testosterone tests. You know how on a blood test, there's a range for normal, you know, and if you're outside of that range, that's when your doctor kind of wants to talk to you about treatments and whatnot. Right. So like any blood test. So the way they figure those out is with the statistical average. Hmm. So they test a lot of people's blood and they figure out what the average range is on a particular blood test marker. And from that, they know what constitutes High or low. Okay. So if you look at the range on testosterone, it falls every year. So like eight years ago, I remember seeing the low end on the range of a T-test was like 400, maybe a little bit below that. Yeah. Recently, I saw a blood test where the low end was 260. So now, if you have a 300-level testosterone, it's normal now, but 10 years ago, it would have been considered low. Why aren't they firing off the alarms? I mean, this is obviously something that's environmental. Could be. Could be. I mean, what else? Uh, well, food, I mean, I mean, obviously foods and, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of theories. So some say it's the plastic, you know, which acts of like course. estrogen in the human body or fertilizers, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're wow. all feminizing, you know, they, they turn the frogs gay Yeah, and <laughs> there's, the, there's also, but they a, have camp for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also a theory that's around psychology uh, and that the fall in testosterone is due to kind of the culture shift to a feminine outlook or something like that. Yes. I don't know. That could be. Another factor could be smoking, actually. Tobacco actually increases testosterone levels, and smoking rates have been falling. Nicotine? Pretty, nicotine. Yeah, smoking, tobacco. Okay. So, because so I know that marijuana smoking is actually an estrogen boost. Yeah, t- marijuana is is almost the opposite in some ways of t- tobacco. Okay. Tobacco is masculinizing marijuana is feminizing that's ridiculous yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna come right out and say it yeah well whenever you smoke you gotta you gotta have maybe a nicotine patch on to get the both <laughs> both sides of it so as far as what it makes you feel like when men's t levels fall they tend to feel bad mm. uh, there's this great article from the year 2000 about testosterone and it's in the new york times i've probably mentioned it in another podcast it's by andrew sullivan and he was put on testosterone therapy because i think he was like hiv positive and his testosterone had crashed yeah and so in the article he outlines what it felt like and i'll link to the article in the show notes Uh, i really recommend reading it it just describes testosterone so well but i love this one quote so i'm going to read this quote from him please within hours and at most a day i feel a deep surge of energy it is less edgy than a double espresso but just as powerful my attention span shortens in the two or three days after my shot i find it harder to concentrate on writing and feel the need to exercise more my wit is quicker my mind faster but my judgment is more impulsive it's not unlike the kind of rush i get before talking in front of a large audience or going on a first date or getting off on an airplane but it suffuses me in a less abrupt and more consistent way. In a word, I feel braced. For what? 
it scarcely seemed to matter. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, that makes good. me want to do it. Right? So the last part about feeling braced is I think that's that's right on. Like that that's kind of how it feels. Bracing for the unknown. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You're ready. What is life gonna throw at you? Yeah. Um so when a man's T levels drop, he loses a lot of the vibrancy that he feels and exudes. Yeah. You know, he can be depressed, tired, uh, lack of motivation, gain weight. It just feels like total crap. And TRT can fix this by bringing those T levels back up, mm. which can make you feel strong and not just physically, but just in a deep spiritual way, just a, a, a deep strength. Who doesn't need that? Right? And and you usually feel more motivated and more disciplined in tackling problems. You feel more confident. I remember reading a, a, testo- a testosterone... A, tes- <laughs> a, tos- a testosterone. A testosterone. testimony. A, a testosterone. <laughs> it kind of is. So it's a testimony of a guy who... Uh, Online, he went on TRT and he said his self-confidence levels just became unassailable and his success in this in his workplace skyrocketed. I would love to see the numbers between success successful people and their testosterone numbers. Yeah. People who have actually had, quote-unquote, ambition and how much of that was actually just testosterone. Yeah, so many men are saying that TRT is like a fountain of youth and it makes them feel amazing, which is partly why TRT is getting more and more popular every week, every year. Uh, and there's books coming out, uh, you know, how to be successful at TRT, you know, things to watch out what? for. So yeah, you can get books. On I it. just got a TRT Xbox game. It is amazing. It's got to be, be careful of the bovine sourcing. <laughs> so in the past, I, I haven't really spoken positively of TRT. I think I've done it on the, on the podcast too. Yeah. So I'm not anti TRT. I want to clarify there's drawbacks, though, that I think need to be considered. So, testosterone is a very... Exp- wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always waiting for this. Oh, I'm so excited so for this. so ready for this. Dude, did you see me? I'm like, where do I sign up for this? They're not as bad as you okay, think. Okay. All please. right? So, it's it's a very expensive hormone, T yes. is, for the body. It's, it's anabolic, meaning it builds your tissues up, and that can be good. Okay. But the downside is how expensive for the body it is. It's going to demand nutrients, minerals, protein, and and even more as it builds up muscles and tissues. Okay. And injecting it bypasses the body's feedback net mechanism that is lowering your testosterone in the first place. Mm. So the question is, you know, is your lower T levels a natural response of your body to its environment or something gone wrong that should be corrected? Right. And that's a good question. And one thing to watch out for are signs that your body is stressed and having a difficult time handling the increased nutrient needs of testosterone. Okay. So what do those look like? Are you easy to anger? Do you have a temper now? You know, that's probably liver and estrogen issues. Are you balding rapidly? Are you getting gout and having blood sugar problems? That, oh, could, good. that could be cortisol related. Do you have sleeping problems and problems breathing at night? That could indicate cardiovascular issues coming up. <laughs> You're basically describing me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get off that TRT, man. I'm not even on it now. <laughs> so if you have these problems and you keep pushing the testosterone button, you're probably going to end up with a chronic illness of some kind. And then trying to get back to health is going to be a real battle. So wow. So to kind of round out this discussion on testosterone, I want to use the theory of evolution to make a point. And evolution... It just states basically that animals and humans do things to optimize their survival and reproduction. So in evolution, we take the principle of reproduction and we put it in the center of our analysis, which would say life's main goal is to survive and reproduce in order 
to pass on our genes. Right. Does that make sense? Uh Uh-huh. So it's not a very nuanced view of life. It ignores, you know, many of the aspects of the human condition. And I personally don't think it is adequate. So basic. It's very basic. It's not very adequate to to leading any kind of meaningful life. But for our analysis, it's going to make a certain point. And I should also say evolution is theoretical. And the biggest problem with this kind of... Thank you for saying that, by the way. (laughs) The biggest problem with this kind of analysis is it's not testable. Meaning there's no null hypothesis where you could say our theory has been falsified by X, Y, Z. Right. So with those caveats aside, let's let's look at it through the, the TRT lens. Okay. So you might think that having a male or a female child is just up to chance, right? Right. But actually, there are certain environments like war and famine that are correlated with a population having different ratios of female to male children. And this effect has wow. been measured over and over again. So, for example, after World War I was over, there's this returning soldier effect, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. uh, which meant babies born at the time were more likely to be male than female by about one per- uh, 5%. Because of surging testosterone in the process? or Well, when you get into the mechanism, they don't really know. This is just an effect they they observe. Okay. There's a lot of like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Right. There, there was one theory that said because taller men are more likely to have male children than shorter men, mm-hmm. and shorter men are more likely to die in war than taller men, you'd think it would be opposite, right? Well, yeah. Shorter men die more? They, it's, it's a weird phenomenon that they've, they've viewed. And so there's one theory that says, well, a bunch more shorter people got killed off than the taller people, and so that's why there's more male children. I don't know. That's There's weird. theories around why it happens, but okay. it's just something that happens. Okay. So male children in general are more risky but potentially more rewarding than having female children. Okay. So if you think about this for a few minutes, it's going to make sense. Men can have many children, and the most extreme outlier would come from a a 2003 study which estimated that Genghis Khan has as many as 16 million people living today that can be directly traced back to him. What? He's got 16 million. Player! (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't doing much playing. (laughs) A lot more of the raping and pillaging. (laughs) But from an evolutionary perspective... Tomato, tomato. You know, that's like hitting the lottery. Yeah. Right? And and it's occurred because Genghis had something like a thousand kids. And those thousand kids had a ton of kids too. In contrast to this, you know... There's no way a woman's ever going to have a thousand children. She can have one child per year, basically, and you know, in her window of fertility. Right. So you can never get the kind of numbers that Genghis was putting up. The downside of male children is that they also have a pretty high chance of dying and leaving no offspring. Really? Yeah. In fact, if you look at your ancestry, if you look at everybody's ancestry together, you might think that it would be about half men and half women. Right. But you would be totally wrong. It's actually way more women than men because only about 40% of men procreate and pass their genes on and about 80% of women do. That seems scientifically impossible though. So it doesn't have think to be about exactly it, half so th- and half. So it, you'd think, but think about it as in, say you have a desert island and you put two men and two women on the desert island and say that's all of humanity. Right. And the two guys get in a fight mm-hmm. and one kills the other and then the living one has babies with the two women. Okay. If you then look at that ancestry, right. yeah, 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 it's twice as many women as men, and ah. that's basically what happens over and over and over again throughout our history. <laughs> oh, weird. And if if this doesn't make sense to you, just just think about it a little bit, and it it does make sense. It and will and make I'm not sense. talking about like in your personal, your mom and dad, you know, and then their mom and dad. Yeah. Then it doesn't make sense because right. yeah, you have to have, but just as a population as a whole. 
Makes sense. Lucas always explained things in ways that I could understand them. <laughs> <laughs> so what this means is that men tend to be on the extremes of either very successful right. or dead. Well, women, <laughs> it's, it's, you laugh, but it's kind of true. It sucks. But women, they tend to be average in success. Right. And, so, and you can actually find a lot of examples of this today. There's way more male geniuses than women geniuses, but there's way more men criminals than women criminals. Mm-hmm. And it's basically because <laughs> the men, they, they fill up the extremes. Okay. And there's a, a great quote uh, from a New York Times article by Dr. Baumeister. Uh, he kind of describes this, and I'll link it in the show notes, but, but this is a good quote from him. So... For women throughout history, the odds of reproducing have been pretty good. Later in this talk, we will ponder things like, why was it so rare for a hundred women to get together and build a ship and sail off to explore unknown regions, whereas men have fairly regularly done such things? But taking chances like that would be stupid from a perspective of a biological organism seeking to reproduce. They might drown or be killed by savages or catch a disease. Hmm. For women, the optimal thing to do is to go along with the crowd. Be nice, play it safe. The odds are good that men will come along offer sex, and you'll be able to have babies. Oh, my God. All that matters is choosing the best officer. And we're descended from women who played it safe. For men, the outlook was radically different. If you go along with the crowd and play it safe, the odds are you won't have children. Most men who ever lived did not have descendants who are alive today. Their lines were dead ends. Hence, it was necessary to take chances, try new things, be creative, and explore other possibilities. Very interesting. It is very interesting. So how does this relate to testosterone? right? The quintessential male hormone. So I think of it like this. The more testosterone you have, the more you will tend towards either fantastic success Mm -hmm. or abysmal failure. That makes sense. So testosterone will push the results of your life out to the extremes. And like I said before, testosterone is an expensive hormone for the body. So there's a good chance it will shorten your life, all things being equal. And there are studies going on right now showing higher chances of cardiovascular events and prostate cancer from, you know, TRT in older men. Right. But that wasn't confusing enough. TRT also has been shown to lower all kinds of disease states, depression, metabolic disease, sexual function, anemia, bone density, type 2 diabetes. It's a long list. So it's testosterone is showing to help all those. Right. So how do we rectify these? So my theory is that what we're seeing is the dual nature of testosterone pushing people out to the extremes, meaning TRT is either making men way better or killing them faster. And if we look at men doing TRT... Well, that's we, great. I mean... <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of see this when we yeah. look at men doing TRT. So the success stories from TRT are very visible. These are men who on Twitter and whatnot, they talk about TRT being a total game changer for them. Uh, you know, they, they start a business, they start working out, they get their life in order. And... On social media, you can see them driving nice cars, going to upscale events, you know, talking about how hard they worked for the success, and just leading a life that most most guys would probably envy. Mm. What isn't visible, but which I've I see a lot as I read health forums, is that there's a lot of men who go the other way from TRT. So on a health level, these guys can't seem to get their hormones right. They're constantly tweaking dosages, taking different drugs, trying to get their blood work optimal. Uh, they get estrogenic symptoms like man boobs and balding and weight gain. Uh, They may swing from super physiological levels of testosterone to rock bottom levels, you know, as they try to get things working and their life, they just don't don't have any stability. Right. And I've seen story from men becoming, uh, this is not so much on the health side, but on the um, behavior side, men becoming sexually promiscuous and destroying their marriage and family. 
Uh, there's a good study from 2011 in the Philippines showing that male levels of testosterone drop steeply after they have children. And this is because nature is smart and it doesn't want men chasing women and doing all kinds of risky behaviors right when they're starting a family. Right. So, I mean, I've seen men destroy their families once they get on testosterone therapy. I've seen men develop destructive... What do you mean by destroy their families? Like go after them? No, like... Ah, testosterone! You mean like... No, like they, you know, they... They Looking led for women outside the correct. Mar- yeah, they they led a life of like you know they have a, a marriage, they have a couple kids, they they worked a lot. Yeah. They get started on testosterone therapy. All of a sudden, they have all this energy. They're hyper focused. Yeah. Sex drive is through the roof. Right. They're they're in bars all the time, drinking. They're going to parties, and yeah. it just everything falls apart. Yeah, and they've yeah. got this crazy <clears throat> self image too, where they're just like on top of the world. I, what I find most interesting is you equating testosterone and ambition almost or success. Correct. But it's comes down to the, the brass tacks of it is wanting to put your penis in something almost at the end of the day. Pretty much. Or as That's, many things as you can. Yeah. That, that is the, the <clears throat> base of the male. Um, uh, what nature so has basic. given men is that have sex with as many women as possible. Wow have as many kids be Genghis Khan. That's what nature is telling you. That's and ambition. that's from an evolutionary perspective. And like I said, that's limited. That's just a, that's a small little, uh, I love breaking it down to such small, you know, yeah. Pieces. I, I mean, that's, it's so basic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can also develop addictions, destructive addictions on testosterone. I mean, there's no studies to support this, but it's just something I've seen. Testosterone ups dopamine. And we talked about dopamine in right. episode 28. It makes you want to do rewarding things over and over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. The promise of reward. So really the the decision, in my estimation, on whether to go on TRT, it's not an easy one. The real question you have to ask is like, how desperate are you? Because there are many things you can do to naturally raise your testosterone, but they take time. Mm. And these include like lifting weights, getting sunlight, uh, getting enough sleep, eating healthy, avoiding all the plastic and estrogenic things. Or you can take a shot in your butt and you can get all the testosterone right now. <laughs> the question is, do you have the time to dedicate to naturally raising your testosterone levels or do you need you know, that confidence and focus that TRT is going to give you right now or your life might be falling apart? Wow. Yeah. Because if you make, you know, make no bones about it, low testosterone, it is a desperate situation for men. The less testosterone you have, the more expendable as a man you become. You're less likely to be promoted. You're less likely to be outgoing and social and develop your network to succeed. You'll have less energy. You you basically have less of everything good. And it's got a link to depression. I would totally it has to totally. Well, that's one of the big things they look at with TRT is is it's help with depression right um and low level low levels of testosterone they literally kill men either through failure or suicide oh my god yeah so it's a hard decision and each man has to make it for himself i would say if it were the 1990s you know and opportunities abounded trt would probably not be needed and it would probably be a liability but these days with testosterone levels so low you know and male suicide reaching epidemic proportions trt might be the thing that just saves your life it's so crazy to think that maybe because we we've basically got this suicidal generation. I mean, it's like it it is an epidemic, and how much of that could be possibly linked to low testosterone numbers? It could be. So there it is. I mean, if you if you want to see how I put the, this all together, check out the notes. I think there's over twenty citations, uh, many of which have more studies within them. 
I probably read, I don't know, way too much bodybuilding forums in the last few weeks on this thing. And one last thing I would say, <laughs> you know, in general, my main focus is is on chronic disease and, and just preventing people from getting into that place. Because let me tell you, once you get a chronic disease, you will dream of the time you lived so free. And I hate to see men who have decent lives and decent success, you know, get sucked into the idea that TRT is going to bring them to the next level and they end up just throwing that all away um, and they're left empty handed. So completely. And, and besides, we, we probably won't know all the ins and outs of this treatment for at least another 50 years. It's a new treatment. And, and a lot of times with new treatments, you got to wait and see because there's always side effects that prop up, crop, crop up years and years later. Generational. Yeah. Even, even maybe generational. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Anyway, what do you think? I mean, it, it raises a lot of questions for me. I mean, I definitely think that, I mean, being the age that I am, that I'm probably ripe for a little bit of testosterone boost and just knowing myself. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it's so interesting to me. And then I also just am just going off mm. on this whole links to just drive ambition, wanting to go, go, go. What's What's the difference between people who are really have that extra little that thing that they say you know is it does it come down to something as simple as testosterone yeah i think uh, another thing and i didn't really mention this and this is just me sprouting off i think marriage and the state of marriage today too impacts i I don't think trt would be a big deal if marriage wasn't like it is today because divorce happens Mm. way more than it used to right it Mm. used to be when you get married you were married for life (laughs) and so when those testosterone levels started dropping in your 40s and 50s you know it wasn't it was kind of like well this is part of marriage and you gotta you gotta stick it out you know right but now you can get divorced and then all of a sudden you're single in your 40s and it's like on the i need an edge you know i'm i'm tired i i don't have the boot i don't have the drive to go out there and date again right and so it's it's it helps a lot trt helps a lot i can only imagine yeah maybe a rough guide would be to just say if you're married and you have a happy and it's not in jeopardy you know trt could potentially put you in jeopardy if you're single and you don't have much energy in your 40s so you're basically stay (laughs) stay sedated in your sexual ambiguity (laughs) yeah uh but no that's funny that's crazy actually Dude, testosterone is powerful like i've taken some testosterone boosters and the difference and that's not trt that's just like herbal stuff you know she legit and long cat and, and that kind of thing it definitely you feel it. you're like oh my gosh i have energy and drive and i can get it done and i'm gonna and i don't I don't care what's in my way. I'm going to do it. it. And, and you can talk, you can be social with your, you're quick, you're witty. Everything turns on. Confidence is there. It's all part of the package. Yeah. No, no pun intended, (laughs) but (laughs) I will say that like when I was in peak shape, probably the best shape of my life was like a year ago, year and a half ago. And I was working out all the time. I felt great. I know my testosterone. I was taking things like maca and, growth and all these things that were boosting test and the body. Um, and I felt so good that I'm just like, I got to get back there. It's almost like an, like this dreamland that I lived in. I was like, I have to get back there. What, why did I let myself get out yeah. of that state? It's euphoric. Oh, well, you know, without this sour, the sweet just isn't as sweet. Yeah, but it does have costs. And it, it bothers me when I see, you know, guys online just... just boosting trt is like look if you don't have trt in your 40s and 50s you know welcome to hell your life's gonna suck and 
and it's like it's really more nuanced than that. Yeah. There's really a decision to make there, and every and everyone's body chemistry is different. Yeah, it's like just to throw um, maybe somebody has a total natural supply of testosterone, and they're doing just fine. Well, yeah, then they won't be offered TRT. You know, they'll yeah, get well, their they'll blood tests done. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, anyways, anyways, those guys are bullies. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, anything else? No, this was great. All right, I'm just uh, dealing with uh, holiday back or the holiday uh, holiday blues, the post holiday blues. Yeah, it was it was a nice nice little rant you had there. Very depressing and very very Brian. Well, I, I, well, thank you. Are you saying that I'm a depressing? <laughs> See, I'm not usually depressed, but I feel like depleted. Maybe I could say. I that. know what you mean. It is tiring, and it's interesting how different uh, people are with their holidays. Some it's really stressful. Some it's like, oh, it's such a time of getting together and relaxation and. I think you're on the stressful side. Oh, maybe it has to do with upbringing too. Yeah, maybe. All right, thanks everybody. www.quackspodcast.com is the website. Send us an email, quackspodcast at gmail.com if you want a uh, subject matter. Thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year and uh, be well.